DJ and PK, time to welcome in Morgan Scally, University of Utah Defensive Coordinator. He joins us on the Sprint Special Guest Line. Lease any phone and get an iPad or Samsung Tab A for $99.99. Visit the Sprint store nearest you. Morgan, good morning. Good morning, gentlemen. For a guy who usually gets on a plane and flies back and forth to Texas to recruit a lot, that alone gives you just tons of time at work. What are you doing with all this time that's suddenly been freed up? <laughs> well, we uh, don't get, don't get us wrong. There's a ton to do right now. I can tell you that we're we're becoming better teachers, better online teachers, more creative with, with how we get our information to our players. Obviously, um, it's uh, not a great time, um, and uh, you know the biggest priority is is getting this virus knocked out, but. Uh, what it's doing is it's forcing us to, to become better teachers um, and uh, get to our players in a way that we haven't had to before. So during this time, what can you do to help the players become better players? Well, number one is checking in with them every day, making sure they're healthy, uh, making sure that everything is good at home. Uh, some of them are, are, you know, depending on what state they're in, uh, some are able to still go out. Uh, the, the majority of them um, – for the most part, or, or like we are, kind of just sitting at home and, and uh, uh, waiting this thing out. So, I mean, for us, it's building our installation because we got three practices in and spring ball. We still have 12 to go. We still had a bunch of defense to install. So that installation now is through video. It's online. It's through video conferencing. It's through Google Classroom. Um, the NCAA is, is uh, allowing us you know, right now at this time, eight hours, um, we can, you know, um, demand our guys watch film, uh, give us feedback. So, you know, right now we're just in a, in a, in a period of time where a lot of our teaching is, is online. It's through video conferencing and, uh, it's actually been pretty efficient for us. So I assume you got everybody doing push-ups at home. Some guys, maybe they're lucky to have a treadmill or they can go outside, but I'm sure some guys don't have an option of either one of those things. Usually I know you're, you know, how, how much you do right now can really pay off later on. And obviously some of these guys can't do anything. So what do you tell them? Well, I mean, we've had, we, we've got missionaries, right, that, that have gone out. So we've had workout programs. Um, set up for for guys that have left on missions that don't have access to weight rooms and stuff like that. So that's not not anything new for us. Um, you know, we do have for guys that are are able to lift weights, whether they have uh, a home, you know, uh, set or they're able to go to a friend's. You know, um, we do have workouts that Doug Elisaya has sent out to them. So. Um, you know, we we've had our conversations with them. You know, it's it's people can take this situation and, and uh, take this time and either um, you know find a way to gain an advantage uh, or you know use it as an excuse to sit home and uh, not you know put on the weight that they need to put on or lose the weight they need to lose. You know, guys guys are are pretty resilient, and uh, you know your fighters are gonna are gonna take this time and, and gain the advantage. So, and one of those three practices, I talked to you uh, afterward, and you were talking about how you were going to have some guys coming in that weren't there yet that were going to get the opportunity to compete for jobs when we got to August. Now, assuming 
that uh, this thing goes and you actually have an August training camp and all, who knows. But anyway, for the sake of discussion, go along that premise. What's going to happen that might be different from what you would normally do over the years to get these guys up to speed? Because not only you're not just bringing in new guys and preparing for them learning the system, but you're preparing for a schedule, and we know you got a difficult game right off the bat. Yeah, it just accelerates that decision-making time in terms of who's going to play for you, who can play, who cannot play. And that's our job as coaches. And now we just got to make that decision sooner, depending on what happens. I mean, it's, it's, we're kind of playing the, the role of, uh, you know, looking into the crystal ball and knowing what's going to happen. We don't know what's going to happen. Uh, ultimately, the, the safety of, of our country and the world is, is, is priority number one. But if that, if we are able to have, uh, you know, continue spring ball, will we be able to do it in June? Uh, if we're going to be able to do it in June, can we add the players that have already graduated high school? These are, these are questions that are being discussed by the Pac-12, by Coach Whittingham and, and uh, our director of football operations on a weekly basis on, on what we can and cannot do, what we can look forward to and what, uh, what their plan is. So we don't know what the plan is, but whenever it is that we can get back uh, to, to doing things, uh, obviously, obviously it's going to accelerate that decision-making uh, for us. You know, and We have to do a great job of finding out during this time, as guys are responding to us and, and giving us feedback, and we're learning how much uh, a kid can process, how much he can learn, um, you know, we have to make the decision as, as who can do it mentally, right? Um, so it just it's a, it's a different dynamic that we haven't seen before. Brian Kelly, Notre Dame coach, uh, was on ESPN, did a long live interview on SportsCenter. And one thing he talked about was that he really thought, just picking round numbers and obviously not knowing what's going to happen over the next couple of months, but he thought that if the strength and conditioning guys could start working with the players June 1st, and if July 1st, you know, then the football people could have maybe a little interaction with them, all that. He thought then when camp starts in early August and games in September, the guys could be ready and everything could be, go on track. But he thought that if those dates got pushed any further towards the season, the season would have to be impacted just because of the physical nature of the sport. Have you got kind of similar dates in mind when you talk as a staff and with your strength and conditioning guys and Kyle, obviously? Yeah, I mean, very similar. Similar, obviously, July is is uh, a period of time when our players are with the strength guys uh, anyway, and uh, you know we're not um, as involved in July. That would change, obviously. Um, what allowing us to resume spring practice in June would do, particularly if you're able to add your high school graduates. Is that it gives, in my opinion, it's an added, you know, advantage that they're getting more time with you um, than they would have uh, had things been, you know, status quo, right? If if you'd gone through your entire 15 practices of spring ball without those guys, that's a ton of reps, accumulated reps they would not have seen. So, depending on what happens and and, uh, how the NCAA chooses to. Um, work this thing out, it could end up being an advantage for a team like us who 
has a bunch of young guys that will probably be impact players for us. Yeah, how about if this would have been last year? Would you feel a little more at ease? Because last year, particularly on your side of the ball, man, you just had about as few questions as you might ever have in your entire coaching career. We, Yeah, I mean, obviously we had a bunch of returning starters. Uh, the question marks were at, um, you know, the DB spot. Um, we, we knew what we had in, in Julian Blackman in terms of an athlete, but – um, you know, Julian, the, the safety spot was still to be determined. The uh, corner opposite Jalen Johnson was still to be determined. And then the linebacker playing next to Francis Bernard and the depth there. So we still had some things to work out, but definitely not close to what we're dealing with this year uh, with only two returning starters. Morgan Scally, Utah defensive coordinator, joining us. I'm wondering if, uh, you know, things have been changing so quickly with technology, and then obviously this year is just wildly different. Is this going to impact the way recruiting's done in the long run? Do you think we're going to see a uh, maybe more reliance going forward on uh, FaceTiming and all the technology that's available and maybe restrict the dates when guys are flying around the country a little bit? don't know what's going to change, um, but I do know, I, I mean, you have events that happen and it forces you to do things that you may not have been comfortable doing, but now that you're doing it, it, it becomes, uh, you know, something that you feel is better and you can continue to do it for, from here on out. I can tell you with uh, the, the Google Classroom and some of the stuff that, that we're doing that we're being forced to to learn and grow from um, is going to be a huge benefit for us going forward. You know, and, and times like this, you either adapt and, and, and you get creative and find a way to get better, or you just sit there and mope and, and complain, and <laughs> that's just not who we are. So um, I think throughout history, you, you, there's, there's things that happen that force you to, to look at things in a different manner that force you to adapt and change and and a lot of it for the better right so this is just one of those times um that is making us uh you know take our teaching to another level and uh you know we can really benefit from it or as adapt and continuing to get better and i know most programs are always in evaluation mode. How can we do whatever we do better and all that stuff and more efficient? And so my thought for you is defensively the last couple of years, the team has been really good. But yet the last two games, now you played in the, in the conference title game both years. So in that game and then in the bowl game, uh, the defense wasn't as good as it had been in the regular seasons uh, both years. Did you learn anything from any of that to be able to apply going forward to make sure the defense can continue to play at a high level if you should have a, a 13th and a 14th game? Well, I think, you know, the, the year prior, the, the uh, you know, the, the game, we didn't even give up a touchdown. So I don't know. Yeah, um, for sure. You know, that – I thought our guys played well. I thought, you know, in the in the uh, two games, the last two games this season, uh, both were, you know, they're different types of, you know, why you lost. You know, when you look at it from a defensive perspective, if we looked at, you know, the the Oregon game, 
there's a lot of things that come into play. It's not just cut and dry. This is why we lost. This, you know, you know, this was the call. This was the the reason. There's a lot of different things. Number one, Oregon um, did some good things schematically. Uh, Oregon has very good football players. That offensive line is the best at least that we had seen all season long and perhaps one of the best in the country when you look at which of those guys is going to go to the NFL and then we had the the, uh, top offensive lineman in the country. The quarterback's a a day one or day two guy. They they had some good players that came ready to play. Uh, I felt like our guys came ready to play. They were excited uh, for this game. Uh, and uh, I think you know a lot of it was I felt like looking back at the film, guys were just trying to do too much. They were they wanted to make the play. They wanted to be, and so you end up popping gaps. You end up coming down out of coverage, doing things that you don't normally do. So you know that was there's kind of a a couple reasons for what happened against Oregon, uh, and we take full ownership of that as coaches. We we got to make sure they're ready every single game. Uh, and we looked at the film, looked at how to how to address, you know, what the issues were, and uh, you know, in the in the bowl game, you know, uh, different story. Not guys necessarily trying to do too much. Um, Texas again did some good things, um, you know, schematically. Um, forced our edge players to to play more physical football. Didn't do much in terms of running uh, up the middle. Uh, got us on the edges. And, uh, you know, to, to me, um, there were some things schematically that we could have done to help our guys out. Uh, and, again, you're, you know, injuries are never an excuse, but you're, you're, you're down Jalen Johnson, you're one of your top corners. You're down your two free safeties. He got injured in the bowl game. So um, thing, things happen where, where depth was, was an issue for us a little bit. But uh, kind of two different reasons as to, as to, you know, why we weren't as efficient defensively in those two games. And uh, we have. We've looked at uh, – you try and say, okay, let's, let's put those things away. But, no, we've looked at those games numerous times to figure out, you know, where were we wrong, where can we improve. And we feel like, uh, you know, we feel like we've got some answers for our guys. Morgan Scali, Utah defensive coordinator, joining us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We've seen the stories about so many missionaries coming back early. Is that impacting the football program? Are some of your players, uh, prospective players, uh, caught up in that? Well, it, it may very well. It just depends on whether or, not, whether or not they're going to send those missionaries back out. Now, the NCAA is going to have to uh, have an answer for us in terms of whether or not we can initialize those those missionaries once they come back, uh, you know, because we a lot their their scholarship allotment is for uh, when they come back. But if that mission's cut short and they're, um, you know, supposed to join us this year, then we have to find a scholarship for them, and the NCAA has to have an answer for us. Looks like Devin Lloyd is set up to be your next great linebacker coming out of Utah. Who else you got there as far as being able to play to complement him? Well, you know, the, the guys that were emerging, Andrew Mataafa has been in the program for a while. You know, he's a guy that has struggled to gain weight and keep it on consistently, but that when he does, he's an athlete, and he's a guy that can, that can definitely help us out. We moved Nephi Sewell, 
who is a very instinctive football player, uh, much like Sunia Tautioli, who played some, some very good football for us a few years back. He's not long levered, but he is physical and instinctive and a smart football player. Um, other than that, you know, Hayden Fury is, is a walk on here from Utah that, uh, you know, showed flashes last year. We never played him, uh, but for a few reps. And this guy, you know, we're, we're fired up about. So he's a guy that, that may end up earning himself a scholarship down the line. And then we've got some, some newcomers, some young kids. Um, you know, uh, Graham Faluna, we've got uh, Jeremy Mercer is uh, a linebacker, junior college transfer. Sione uh, Fotu, uh, local product out of Bingham High School. So, again, you know, I know we've, we've talked about this numerous times, but we're going to have to have some young kids uh, be impact players for us. And when, and when they get there and when they get here, uh, they'll be ready because of the stuff that we've been, uh, you know, uh, preparing for them. It seems like your linebacking play has been improving. There have been more uh, impact plays that fans and the media would notice. Maybe you would grade it out differently play by play by play, knowing every little thing you got to look for. Uh, but it seems like it's been improving over the last two to three to four years. And I'm wondering, with all the success you've had with defensive linemen, are you starting to get into homes that you didn't used to get into because linebackers want to play behind those defensive linemen? Well, um, Oh, that's a good question. I, I know we've each situation's been different. You know, uh, Cody Cody Barton, who's obviously a, a, was a draft pick for Seattle, he he didn't really blossom until his last year. Since Hansen was moved from quarterback to safety to linebacker, um, you know, before them you had Johnny Paul and Jared Norris, um, and uh, you know. Francis Bernard being a transfer. I don't know that we've had a kind of normal flow of how guys have gotten to that position for us. Uh, what What is um, obvious is that you're right with the defensive linemen that we have. You think it'd be a position that people would love to come into. Uh, we've used that, you know, to our advantage in the, in the recruiting process. We do believe it's, it's a great opportunity for young men. Um, we've just had the fortune the past few years of getting some really good football players in those positions. Good players make good coaches, guys. Okay. <laughs> I know we've said that before, but, uh, you know, whatever we can do in the recruiting process to, uh, you know, a- advertise the benefit of playing behind some very good D linemen, we, we do it. We use it. You can still be concentrating on the safeties as an individual group, knowing that you're the coordinator. Say that one more time. You're the coordinator, right? So you're responsible for everything. But when, whenever that might be, when you get back together, are you going to be still focusing in individually on the safeties? Yeah, I mean, I, I have my individual meetings with the safeties. Continue to stay in contact. That's it's my position group. I'm, I'm, you know, I oversee them obviously, and then I also have the added responsibilities of making sure that. The rest of the coaches are, are doing their job and, and making sure they're teaching correctly and teaching how we want them to teach. Uh, we've got unbelievable coaches in, in Lewis Powell and Sione Puha, Swan at the linebacker spot. Did an incredible job last year of getting our guys to come along. And then uh, Sharif Shah's invaluable. So got some dang good coaches that allow me to do that. The reason why I ask is there could very well be you start uh, a couple of safeties who've never played for you guys before. Is that accurate? 
accurate. Vontae Davis is a guy through three practices had really shown incredible improvement. Uh, you know, has the athleticism, um, and uh, you know he's now with uh, Terrell and Julian out of the out of the picture. Moving on, he's just got an added sense of of want to. And so he had three very good practices, had some time last year, not significant, but a guy that's been in our program that uh, would not necessarily be new, but new to a ton of game action, live action. So, uh, and then, yeah, I mean, it's, it's going to be a young secondary no matter how you cut it. Morgan, as always, we appreciate a few minutes. And remember, if you're ever not in charge of safeties, you've got to change the Twitter handle, Safety Pride. So keep an eye. I get it. I get it. Right. Morgan, thanks for a few minutes. Thank you guys. Thank you.